0: Hello Voices, my name is Joe Troy and I'm a multi-award winning voiceover and host of A voiceover's Audio Adventure Podcast, a bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Before we start this episode, I would like to make a public announcement and please, please, please urge all of you listening to leave a review and leave a rating if you can. It means the world to me, it helps the podcast grow, and puts a smile on my face. So go ahead, do that now, and hope you enjoy the episode. I occasionally get asked to do audiobooks, and even though I know I don't want to do them, a little voice in my head always wants to entertain it. I've done my fair share of long-form reads, but my sweet spot and main work usually comes in a shorter form, and I like to keep it that way. (laughs) The truth is, I have no idea what is required of me and how much I can even charge. This is a subject that I get a lot of questions about, but I don't think I'm the right person to answer. So let's get some OGs in the game to tell us more.
1: Hi, I'm Billy Fulford Brown. I started in voiceover probably about 10 years ago now, just doing a few jobs here and there, and I went full-time about five or six years ago. I mainly specialize in audiobooks, and I also do video games and audio dramas and all kinds of other bits and pieces. I have completed Calming on for near around 200 audiobooks now, <laughs> which, um, yeah, that's quite a lot. So I think the biggest misconception about audiobooks is that they will just take forever and a day to complete. And while yes, of course, they are long form, and of course, they are going to take longer than uh, a short corporate or a short commercial. Once you get in your rhythm, and once you get your, your technique and your flow and your schedule sorted, they really don't take as long as a lot of people think. And I really don't want people to be scared of them. Audiobooks are just the most satisfying and incredible area to be involved in. So what do I hate about audiobooks? To be honest, there genuinely is nothing I hate. It is an area of, of voiceover that I adore i think there are some things that can be a little bit frustrating as the narrator um these are many things like when you get the script just way too late because prep is absolutely key when you're doing an audiobook you know you've got all of the characters the accents the the words that you need to look up you also might need to get some questions back to the author Uh, if it's a fantasy world or you know there's loads of made-up words or language so having enough time between the script landing in your inbox and actually recording. I mean, a good month is really ideal. That That is what you want. When you get a script a week before, it's tough. It's really tough.
2: I'm Chris Devon. I am a voice actor, audiobook narrator, sketch comedian, content creator, various things on the internet. Um, I have been a voiceover for about 10 years now, which is Quite amazing! Wow, yeah, yeah. About ten years, um, I've completed seventy audiobooks in that time. Audiobooks uh, is the sort of genre of of VO that I've I've done the most, and uh, I've really embraced it. I, I, I love it. Um, the biggest misconception about audiobooks is that it is horrifically time consuming and energy draining. It is, if you allow it to be. I mean, with a decent amount of preparation and proper vocal warm ups and looking after yourself. And going for books that you're really passionate about and not just taking those big chunky projects because it's like, oh, okay, it's not a great book, but I need the money. You know, those books will will be a real drag. Don't allow yourself to do that. You know, be careful with the jobs that you go for and make sure it's something you can prep and really get into. What I hate about audiobooks is only the fact that (laughs) so many people still maintain to this day that audiobooks aren't reading. Of course they are. It doesn't matter whether a captivating story or an educated, educating piece of work um, goes into your brain via your eyes or your ears or your mouth. As long as you are consuming that story and you benefit from that book, either in an entertaining way or enlightening or educational way or motivational way, perhaps books have many, many benefits. It doesn't matter how you consume them. I think as long as people are continuing to consume them, great stuff. Audiobooks, are definitely still reading they still count that was impressive to say the least at the
0: amount of experience and audio books completed the thing that they both had in common was the passion for what they do which ultimately doesn't even make it seem like work some great insights Today's expert is newer to the industry and has turned his love for audiobooks into one of his niches, which he is killing. I wanted to know more about how he navigated the ever-changing landscape of the audiobook genre, what his processes of recording are, rates and much more. Introducing Sebastian Brown.
3: I'm Sebastian Brown. Uh, I'm a voice actor and narrator. Um, I've been doing voiceover. I started very tentatively back in 2016, and that was like, I, I, I was on the back of sort of stepping away from being an actor on on stage because I wasn't really getting to the places I wanted to get. And I ended up doing a couple voice reels. I kind of fell in with a couple people very randomly. Through people I knew who were doing um, who worked for production companies and they were doing things um, like uh, demos that were for selling to clients so they not voiceover demos but like they were doing mockups of things okay so like a mockup of a commercial for A company and they asked me to be the voiceover for it now this was just like a it wasn't a real commercial it wasn't broadcast but it gave me the experience of going into a studio and actually doing the job um and that was like right off the bat i kind of was in that environment and then i was doing other things at the same time so voiceover kind of took a back seat um and eventually I started to take it more seriously and I realized that it was something that I really, really wanted to pursue. So then of course I did what everybody does and I took the steps and I started to do coaching and training and, and built it up from there. But I didn't really mm. start taking it seriously until about three or four years ago.
0: Okay. And how many audio books do you think you've done roughly
3: now? Uh, not that many, not that mm. many. Um, I've done uh, somewhere between 15 and 20. Okay. I think I've done about 18 now. Okay. Um, so I haven't done huge amounts of them. Um, mm-hmm. Not by any means. Uh, audiobooks was one of the very first things that I did. Um, and I hope that that very first book that I did is never, ever listened to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, do you remember your first audiobook? And so, yeah, so clearly you, it wasn't an enjoyable experience. Can you tell us more?
3: Um. It wasn't that it wasn't an enjoyable experience. I actually really enjoyed it. And I don't mm. think that it's um it's a bad book to listen to. I think what's interesting is the process by which I did it was very much in line with where I was at the time as a voice actor. And that was um a, a sort of spread out process that I did over a long period of time. I came back and forward in and out of the book. And... um. I'm surprised that actually it's as consistent as it is. Um, whereas now the work is very different because I know how to approach the book in the sort of the three different stages, the preparation, the recording and the editing. Mm. And not always am I involved in all three of those processes. Obviously I'm always involved in the first two. I'm not always involved in the editing depends on who I'm working for. Um, so yeah, actually, audiobooks was one of the first things that I kind of contacted. And I think that's because I came from an acting background. Okay. So as somebody who had that acting experience, I really liked the idea of getting to play all these characters. Because, I, I mean, a part of the reason why I disliked working as an actor in, in the real world, as opposed to my booth, um, was because nobody would let me play the parts that I wanted to play. Okay. I'm six foot four and so everybody wanted me to play this uh hero character or this, you know, they were also boring. And I was like, yeah. Well, what about the what about the interesting parts? What about you know, why don't I get to play the old hag?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think coming from that background that gave you the so called transferable skills to take into audiobooks? And why do you think it was audiobooks and not you know computer games for example
3: that is a very good question i think that's because i'm an avid reader and i always have been so um i think not only was there a love for the performance aspect of it but there was also a love for reading that i've had from a very young age so i think that's why um it, it was definitely a transferable skill because i'm quite a fluid fluid reader um and so I really enjoyed that process. Uh, hmm. And I think you, when I began to move into that idea, I was like, this makes a lot of sense to, to do something that I already feel like I can sort of conquer. Of course, I was actually very naive about the skills that it requires to do an audio book in the kind of way that it should be done. Um, and I think that is interesting for a lot of people who come to it saying oh i would like to do this i would i think i could be good at it and it is a marathon it really is and when you think about how much training goes into a marathon and how much you have to put in i think the reason why a lot of voice actors might have a certain reticence about getting involved is because they might not feel that the worth at the end justifies the amount of training that you have to put in um but I don't feel that way. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And I love the process. And I think that if you are going to do it, then you just have to prepare yourself in the appropriate way. And, and, and in in that situation, you're going to end up with something that, you know, can be really wonderful. And I am still at the, the beginning of learning, how, you know, I mean, I've listened to some narrators and they are so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, you know, the the, 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 quality of being able to move sufficiently through different character voices and even non-fiction narration being able to bring it to life in a way that just keeps you engaged i think it's such a skill and i think that's why i'm so uh drawn to it because it seems like this thing that i have to work hard at
0: so would you say that the one of the main skills you need to do audiobooks would be first of all to be a to love reading and second of all being able to create characters
3: um so this is interesting so i think if you're going to do um non-fiction books then obviously you don't need to be able to create characters and i think that actually there's a lot of people who do specialize in just doing non-fiction um i think that um
0: what was the other thing you said building characters i forgot what the other point The it's the characters and reading
3: yeah oh and the, yeah. Oh, and the love of reading yeah. yeah um so i this is hard because from from my perspective i i love reading i did love reading and therefore it made it easier for me i don't think you have to love reading um but i think you have to love telling stories and that's the difference some people don't necessarily like to read books but they're really good at telling a sort of exciting story and they're very good at talking and so that might be the way in which you kind of work your way into it like do you love to tell a story the only thing I would say is you have to practice you have to pick up a book and you have to read out loud five pages every day you 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 have to get to the stage where you're reading those pages out loud and you're not making mistakes and you're not tripping over words and you're not having to constantly stop and start because it will ruin the flow um and that's when you start to find your own pace um but i i think a love of reading definitely helps i don't think it's essential but i think most people who love doing audiobooks i think the love of reading probably helps a lot more with fiction okay because I think a lot of people who do nonfiction, a lot of voice actors do long-form narration for lots of other areas, like e-learning and things like that. But I think if you're going into fiction audiobooks, you kind of have to love the process of reading and telling that story.
0: So you get an email from, a, from an agent saying, we want you to do this job, um, which is obviously an audiobook. Yeah. What is the process and how do you prepare for each job?
3: <clears throat> okay, so um, I guess I'll use the last one I just did as an example. Um, I guess immediately what you're looking at is a couple different things. So the rate, is it, is it worth the time? Um
0: we'll get into race later, don't worry.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into race later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's a whole nother
0: you know, can of worms.
3: Um I mean, yeah, I mean, as is as it is with all areas of voiceover, right? Like it is yep. an endless can of worms. So if I get an email from somebody and they want me to do an audiobook, the things that I'm looking at are where is it coming from and what kind of place is it going to? So who is it coming from in terms of what size of, of publisher is it? What size of recording studio is it? Am I doing it in-house? Am I doing it in my booth? And where is it going? Where is the platform that it's going to be on? And how is it going to be received? Because those things kind of inform the process of what I'm going to have to do. Um, the most recent book that I finished was a book for, was my first book for Penguin, uh, Penguin in uh, New York. And okay. they contacted me and said, we've got a dual narration and we think you'd be right for this character. Um, and I think that that might have been cast through Ahab, Ahab Talent, And they obviously do a lot of audiobook casting within that platform, as well as having auditions for people to um, you know, audition for. So they got in touch with me and said, we think you'd be right. And um, it's a dual narration. So half the chapters are yours, half the chapters belong to a female narrator. So once I'd accepted the job, um, and they obviously are in New York, so they did a studio check on my recording studio, and once they'd approved it and they were happy with the quality, they then said, great, we'll book in some dates. We booked in three dates, and from that point, which was probably about three weeks before, I then had to prep the book. Now, PrEP is completely different for everybody. Um, And it's a process that each individual can do their own thing with. There are certain do's and don'ts, I guess, that apply, but really it's very much an open spectrum. Um, I did a course with the incredible Helen Lloyd. And if anybody doesn't know Helen Lloyd, then you should listen to her books and... um, you know, listen to her advice in any way because she's a fantastic narrator, and she taught me everything I know basically. So I did a course with her that I that was six modules, and I thought it was going to take me six weeks, and it took me about a year and two months. I think it was, wow. um, mainly because I was also working at the same time and doing other things, but also because each module involved. A heavy amount of reading and a heavy amount of preparation, recording, and sending things to Helen to listen to. And then there was a feedback process. I can't tell you how detailed it was and how much work it took and how much it elevated what I thought I knew about audiobooks. So um, I will say the training helps, it is important. And um, you can go into narration in a lot of different ways, but that was the way that. I did it. Um, And yeah, so basically that process really helped me with my preparation because I now have all these things that I learned in terms of building characters, not building voices. Um, And that was one of the most important things that Helen stressed was that you're not building voices. You're not here to put on funny voices. You're here to play characters and they have to live in you. So when that narration comes around, and I'm I'm being the Jasper Blunt, the the you know, the soldier, um, and then all of a sudden I'm being this coquettish little lady. You know, they all live in different parts of my body because I, I have to be able to move through them very quickly. Yeah. Um and and saying that, I've listened to other narrators who have sounded far more distinct from person to person Uh, that's something that i really want to work on is really varying those voices so that they sound very distinct um anyway sorry i'm I'm waffling on so basically (laughs) prep the book (laughs) i have a tendency to just keep talking um once i've prepared the book uh, which normally involves um uh probably reading it two or three times it depends on the 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 process of what the book is. Um, Normally I would read it once without making any notes. I would just read it as a reader and then I would read it again and I would make notes about characters, make notes about plots, timelines, where people are at any given moment in the story, what they're feeling, thinking... Um and then I start to do um sort of little improvisations um okay. and I start to bring the characters into the booth and I start to talk with them and live with them and and see how they sound as well Um what was interesting about the last project that I did was that because it was a dual narration I had to have the character voices cemented before I went into the recording which obviously is a given anyway but I had to have them approved because I had to send them off and have the director listen to them and say, great, this is all sounding good. So that the female narrator who was recording after me could hear them and in a way not mimic me, but understand the nuance and the cadence and the, the phrasing that I might be using for a particular character. Um, so it was quite advantageous for me to go first because I laid out those character lines for her, um, and then once that process is 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 done and ready, then the recording takes place, and that happened over three days. Um, and I think we actually finished it in two. We actually finished early, um, but normally it's basically a, a sort of ten a.m. until five p.m. recording process. You take breaks where you need and um you work your way through the book and having a director there is very helpful because they can give you feedback as you go um and there are two different ways of recording either punch and roll which is where you record and if you make a mistake you stop and then you punch in on that point and keep recording or you do a straight record which is what I did for this which is where if you make mistakes you just take a breath compose And then go back into it um and then at the end of the recording process all of the files get sent to a lovely editor which is really nice because then i don't have to go through and edit it myself (laughs) yeah and um that uh and then any revisions there's then a process of revisions. They come back to you with anything that needs to be re-recorded. So you go back in and do any revisions. And then of course the book is complete. So it is a long, a long process.
0: Yeah, you know, it sounds like it can be long. And I think the thing that takes up the majority of the time is the prep work. That's what it sounds like. Um, and and approving characters in, in this instance. And so how long does it you know, on average take? Like the whole process?
3: Um, well, I mean, that depends if I'm uh, that. And, and this is the thing. It's just completely changeable with across the spectrum. If I'm doing a nonfiction project, I will normally try to read the project over a couple days, depending on the length of it. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, a huge volume of something, then that's going to take a lot longer, but, um, and then record it over three and then send it off. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. whereas fiction takes longer because you're, you're trying to build the characters, some nonfiction takes a lot more preparation. Um, but there isn't really an average, right? If you're recording in studio um, and you're prepping beforehand, going in and then you know, wiping your hands clean of it, then it can be a couple of weeks. But if you're doing the whole process, which is something else to talk about, then it could take a lot longer. And that is something you need to factor in if you're going to be doing lower end projects um, in terms of your time and your value.
0: Now, we we spoke about this before um, you got into um, talking about the process, but the rates. Now, I think that's one thing that I've been so confused about that, has put me off of audiobooks more so than the actual yeah. work itself because I don't understand it. And when people ask me how much I should charge, I have no idea. Even yeah. if I speak to people, if I go on websites, blah, 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 because it's, every book is different. Like you said, you've got fiction, nonfiction, you've got every book is <laughs> God different. knows whatever. Yeah. So in in an idiot's um, terms, how can you break this down in a sim- simplified manner? Uh, You're laughing because it um, doesn't exist. I, I know, but there, just, it, just it, okay, okay. <laughs> what would you do? Okay, let's sense. let's. What would you do? I've emailed you. I have a book, two hundred thousand yeah. words, bam, and it's going to go on Audible.
3: Okay. Well, I think what's interesting is um, the the thing about the word count is that it doesn't really matter in audiobooks. So, although you can equate it to the fact that the book will be longer and therefore you will get paid more, most, if not all, audiobooks are paid per finished hour. So, for every hour that you produce of finished audio, you'll get a rate for that hour, and they range. Some of the studios in the UK um, pay between 85 and 100 per finished hour. Some of them go up to 250, 300 plus. So there's a big range there in terms of, of what people are paying. And I know that in America, they pay more. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it, it does vary massively. But the word count is kind of irrelevant in terms of working out your final pay. What you really want to be looking at is how much time am I going to have to dedicate to the book overall? Because if I have a fiction that is an epic medieval fantasy that has over, you know, 50 characters in it and is a potential three-volume book, the first of which is 120,000 words, that's going to be a a lot of work. It's going to be a a lot of prep. It's going to be a very difficult recording process and it's going to be, you know, so I think that um, really when you're looking at rates, you want to be looking at how much work you're going to have to put in. I also think that there are very established narrators who obviously work for certain amounts and there are other people coming into the industry, like in every level, who are happy and willing to accept lower rates that is a dangerous game Um, Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing in gaming and it's the same thing in every other area of voiceover. You know, if we, we kind of have to hold on to the ideas of this being a a skilled profession, not everyone can do this. Um, So yeah. And, 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 and again, if you're going to be editing a book, are you factoring the editing process into your you know, monetary gain. I will say, for the most part, most people who contact me, they say either this is the finished rate or this is what you'll get per finished hour. And that's that. There's very little negotiation involved. And most of mm. them are lower than what you might expect. Yeah. Um, one of the things I will say, and, and this is a, there's a lot of discussion around ACX and whether it has any benefits or not as a, as a narrator. And, I would argue that it does have some benefits, but you have to know how to use it. And this is what I think a lot of people don't necessarily talk about in terms of finding the projects that can be beneficial to you. Either through portfolio use as a starter voice actor, or through the use of passive income once you've already made a book. The only things that I really do through ACX are nonfiction titles that have a relatively reputable um, publication house behind them. Because what they do is a lot of them are royalty share and they go online and they earn me money every month. And that is, you know, and it's not, I think a lot of people don't like the idea of not getting paid for something upfront immediately or being able to invoice for it as opposed to having a sort of steady stream of income from books that I've made three years ago. Um, And I think that that's not to be be put down by, you know, in the the UK, it's a lot harder because the books available for UK narrators on ACX are not as good as the books available for American narrators. It's a much bigger thing in America. The UK doesn't take it as seriously. But uh, what I would say is choosing projects that are advantageous, doing your research about them can be very beneficial to you. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, For those who don't know, would you like to explain what ACX is?
3: Yes. So ACX is the Audiobook Creation Exchange. It is a company. uh, It is a subsidiary of Amazon, basically. And, on it, there are books that you can audition for. So you can put your samples up and producers will also find you. I've had people approach me through ACX and ask me to do books. And if you're starting out as a narrator and you don't know where to begin, it's a good place to look at the kind of projects that are available and see whether or not you even want to get involved um, and, and practice. you yeah audiobooks you kind of have to know whether you can do it first you know you've got to practice you've got to put in some time Um, and so the platform allows you to send auditions to either directly to authors or producers and they have a range of pay available they have profit share sorry royalty share projects whereby you get half of the sales of the book which I, I know people will Talk about a lot. It's not actually half of the sales, but you get a, a, a based on the contract. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not actually half of the sales, but that's a whole other issue. You get money from the sale of the book, and there are also per finished hour rates, and they go up to a, a thousand per finished hour, um, and that does tend to be on the big American books that are on there. But um, it is a it is a resource um, that can be used, especially when you're starting out.
0: And just to wrap it up, um, you kind of touched on this during our talk anyway, but do you want to recommend any good resources that people can, you know, if they're just starting or if they want to learn more?
3: Yeah, well, there's actually a lot of, um, there's a lot of different things online. So there's the narrator's roadmap, which is a fantastic website. um, And it basically offers a lot of advice um, from the beginning all the way through. It will guide you on lots of different things if you're looking at serious serious coaching then um you know i would consider talking to helen lloyd as long as you already have an idea that you want to do it um yeah. because she's a great resource um and she's a great teacher um and obviously once you are then narrating and once you're going i would say look at acx don't be afraid of it if you don't want to use it then don't um i'm definitely at the position where i'm you know, working much more with independent publishers and authors than I am with ACX, but it is still a good resource, and it is something that th- there is work there to be had. Um, but also, yeah, I would don't be afraid to get in touch with publishing houses and with people, and to advertise yourself um, and to you know sell those narration skills.
0: Is there is there also any other places that people can? learn about more of the business elements of it like um just the workings and the rates and how to you know um Um, i think um
3: yeah well uh, the the narrator's roadmap is actually uh, if you look at things like that um they they have a lot of advice on them about the process the the preparation thing there's not a lot out there in terms of how you should or shouldn't do it only because it's quite personal um, so I think that's why, but also, uh, you know, a lot of coaching, um, establishments will teach you about that process, whether that's with uh, Helen Lloyd or whether that's with another establishment that has an audio book, um, you know, kind of tangent to it. A lot of them will teach you about that process. Um, and I know there are lots of resources online. I just don't know the names of them because I okay. don't retain any information <laughs> in my head um, uh, for the sole purpose that i have to live in the moment on the page so yeah. i can't keep things in here otherwise they just i, I love me. that excuse um, <laughs> it is it's is, it is, it is true trust me if i have other things going on i'm like what 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 um yeah so i i, I would say um in terms of the business aspect in terms of the rates I would ask people and and genuinely, you know, it's it's hard in this context to say, this is what you should be charging because it yeah. doesn't really apply. There's too many variables in place. So I think the most important thing is to say, if you have a question, don't be afraid to approach somebody who's working in the business. I mean, send me an email. God, I'll give you advice. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I'll I'll happily give people advice about what they should or shouldn't be be charging not that I'm the arbiter of all audiobook knowledge but um I think it's helpful to have somebody to bounce off of um so yeah I would say the business aspect of it is something you have to do a little bit of research about and you have to be um clued up about and and you have to outline what you are willing to do like you said earlier you have to know what am I willing to narrate What am I willing to do for the long term in terms of how much time I can dedicate to it? Am I willing to do adult content, which is obviously a huge aspect of the industry? Like, am I willing to do political content, religious content? Uh, You know, outline your parameters just in the way you do with all the other areas of of your voiceover work. Make sure that you have those parameters in place so that when somebody emails you and says, I'm doing this book, it's 50 pounds per finished hour, it's 80,000 words, I need it in two weeks. And you're like, Thank you so much for considering me, but no.
0: <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> and on that note, So <laughs> thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Um, I will link everything. Pleasure. I I'll even link some of your audio books. Um.
3: I'm I'm, scared to, can, um, check I'm really out scared to um and give to you know critique. what is gonna end up in this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, Thank you so yeah, much. I'll I appreciate it. <laughs> so what did I learn from today's conversation? If you don't like to read, then it's not for you. Simple really. You can't do what you don't love, and what you don't love will show on your recording. So don't put yourself away if it's not you. Audio books aren't all about silly voices and creating characters. There are so many genres that require different skills. So if you think one type isn't for you, there may be one out there that may be a better fit. Preparation in VO is key, but even more so in audio books. In most cases, you'll be reading a book a couple times to get used to the story, characters, and making any notes to make sure you execute the job perfectly. Finally, audiobooks definitely, for the most part, will take longer than most jobs. And when you are getting started, you may feel that the time spent on an audiobook versus the payout isn't good enough. That isn't to say that you can't get paid well because you can. What I'm saying is, you definitely have to have a passion for what you do to make it worth it. Thank you, Chris and Billy, for contributing to the episode and an even bigger one to Seb for sharing his experiences and taking time to speak with me. My guy. If you want to learn more about audiobooks, I have put some really useful links in the show notes you should definitely check out. Okay, I think that's all for this week. Don't forget to leave a review and I'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, I'm gone.